Hey, onesies, Josh Williams here, and thanks for checking out the One Man Podcast. There's now over 200 episodes and dozens of bonus interviews, all of which are available at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, and many more. And you know what? If you don't have any of those apps, no big deal, because you can listen anytime at onemanpodcast.com. So be sure to subscribe, because it's always free, and there's a new episode out every Wednesday. And while you're at it, leave a review. It's a great way to help the podcast, and it doesn't cost you a thing. Follow One Man Podcast on all the major socials, and you'll get bonus content and pictures, fun stuff for yourself. And finally, if you have something that you want read on the show, send it to contact at onemanpodcast.com, because if you send it, I'll read it on an upcoming episode. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy. What's up, everybody? This is DJ Demers. I'm K. Trevor Wilson. Hey, it's Krista Allen. Hi, this is Rick Mercier. What's up, guys? This is Paul Verzi, and you are listening to the One Man Podcast. Hey, onesies, Josh Williams here. I'm excited to have another episode of the One Man Podcast posted for you guys, but I wanted to do something I've never done before and come out with a little bit of a disclaimer at the beginning of this episode. Um, My good friend Ryan and I, who was working this tour with me, we sat down, we had some fun, and uh, we talked about all sorts of different topics, and some of them got a little uh, weird, goofy, gross, whatever, uh, and some of them dark. And I just wanted to take a moment and say that the uh, the views, the topics, the expressions, while always done in a humorous, nonsensical, not to be taken seriously fashion, I just wanted to say that they do not reflect any of the uh, the tour or the partners that we are working with. These uh, topics are solely my stupid opinions, Ryan's goofy opinions, and uh, just subject fodder out there, not to be taken seriously by any means. So uh, just keep that in mind when listening to this episode. As always, I say goofy, stupid things that come to mind uh, with random topics, and I don't want any of them to reflect on any of the partners that we are currently working with. And uh, I hope that you guys enjoy the podcast. Yeah! My name is Josh Williams, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 322 for Wednesday, July 5th, 2023. How's it going, onesies? How are your lives this week? You having the best day ever, best week ever, huh? What is the One Man Podcast? If you're tuning in for the first time, it is me, comedian, brand ambassador, earthling, Josh Williams, telling you you guys what's going on with me personally, professionally, everything in between. And uh, this week... Uh, we'll be doing a, uh, it's not a retrospective, but it is a few days late and I do apologize for that. It has been a hot minute since we've had an episode come out. Um, I am on the road in the United States and I am with my buddy Ryan and we are going to tell you guys what we did in the last week. Um, I have no idea how long this episode will be. Hopefully it's not too terribly long because we are both very tired and about to work uh, hard again tomorrow. Um, but this last week we left Cleveland on our way to Foxborough, our first stop in the United States on the uh, Tingly Ted's tour, We're doing Ed Sheeran's hot sauce, as I've told you guys. Ryan, you've been on the podcast before, and it's been a hot minute, as the young kids say. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. <laughs> it's not a one-man podcast, it's two of us. That's right, and and you're not the first person to make that uh, observation. Um, we are in our hotel in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, what a great place. Yeah. Are you enjoying Pittsburgh? Yeah. I really <clears throat> like the view. Yeah. From the hotel, we got like a river in between us, uh, lots of big iron bridges. Um, and of course some of the stuff that we've done here in Pittsburgh, we're a few days in, so it'll actually be on the next episode, but, uh, starting this. And of course we haven't recorded from the first little part of our tour, but, um, 
This week's episode would would be would commence from uh, our departure from Cleveland. Uh, we left Cleveland and headed towards Foxborough, and that was a twelve-hour. It was an eleven-hour and something estimated drive, and uh, ended up being what thirteen, fourteen hours. Yeah, because we drive trucks that are speed limited. <laughs> That's right. So. I'm sure whenever the previous episode gets recorded, we will make mention of that. But the trucks we are driving, gang, are limited to 65 miles per hour, which is a whopping, what, 104 kilometers per hour? Yes. It sucks. I think that's what it is. Everything passes us on the road. Um, And it's so bad because you'll get trucks that'll pull in front of you and just slow down. And you're like, okay, I'm going to try to pass you then if you're going to be slow. And as soon as you start to get halfway past them, they decide that they're going to press on their gas and there's nothing we can do because we're stuck at our top speed. And you just sort of have to drop back and fall all behind them because all the traffic behind you is pissed off that you're taking forever to pass this vehicle. Have you had that a couple of times? Absolutely. Yeah. It's a real uh, pain in the bum, especially the drivers around our trucks that want to get past us. And I relate to them because I normally drive a car. Yeah, it's frustrating to try to get driving trucks suck. I'm yeah. sorry if there's any truck drivers out there. I'm not. If you drive, I mean, a lot of truck drivers are usually, I find them to be pretty reasonable. Have you noticed that some of them, like once you get past them, they'll kind of flick their lights at you. It's almost to like, let you know that like you're clear to, to take the lane in front. Yeah. The nice ones. Yeah. I guess it's like any other drivers. Some of the truck drivers are, are nice and I try to be patient with the truck drivers when I'm driving on the highways, because it's like, you see them going to pass and you're like, yeah, you know, it's going to be a minute, but they're also bringing a lot of weight with them so they don't want to just go speeding past the other truck in case well, i don't know the well, wind that's what i'm worried about is like we're in a couple of rider trucks here and we're carrying a lot of weight we've had a lot of big hills that we go down and <laughs> step on that brake and then there's that weird smell of the brakes burning i haven't had that yeah i haven't had the weird smell truck. great well i don't know i don't know how you're doing it either i try to like just take my foot off the gas and let it roll it doesn't seem to want to pick up any speed going down a hill though Sometimes it does. I've got up to like 75, 10 past the limiter, but sometimes I, I, I let my foot off the gas and it just rolls. You're a brave man, Josh. Well, I'm paying attention. I don't let it do that if there's something in front of me. <laughs> Maybe I just scare everybody around me with my erratic driving. But we left Cleveland gang on our way to Foxborough, Massachusetts, the uh, Gillette Stadium, home of the New England Patriots. And... Um, I don't know. The the drive was fine. We the nicest part of the drive was going through Vermont where we were doing that's the the hills and stuff that we were talking about. There was some nice uh it's a it's a better drive than driving cross country in Canada. Yeah, it was really beautiful. Yeah. I like that. A lot of rivers, a lot of mountains, a lot of good views. Yeah. A little bit of creepy stuff. Like there was we got stuck behind a truck at one point that was just going super slow with its hazards on and that took a really long time. But it was the first time I've ever seen like what were they called? truck ramp jumps or something like that it was like part of the on the way down one of these hills truck there was all these ramp jumps well they had some stupid name, truck truck launch or something like, like that an emergency truck stop right but they didn't call it that they called it truck ramp, like truck ramp launch truck launch ramp something like that i was like that's a weird name i wonder what that's for and it wasn't until after we were out of it you know, we're not on a CB or anything like that radio. So we just have each other's, you know, our phones to call each other. Reception's been shit too. I've noticed that I'll be on the phone with somebody and then I just hit a patch where there's no reception whatsoever. Oh, I'm going to roll this back because I just looked it up. It's a runaway truck ramp. Yeah, but it didn't, it didn't say that. a gravel pit for you to drive into. Yeah. It looks like a gigantic incline. It looks like a ski jump. Yeah. For trucks. And hopefully you don't jump when you get to the end of it. 
but again, it doesn't say that it was called something because that makes sense. Runaway truck ramp. You're like, okay, because I looked at them going, why are these why are these gravel hills here? You know, it doesn't look like something where you'd. It almost looked like because of the the phrasing, it's almost looked like you would drag a truck up the back of it and then let it go and almost you know have it jumpstart itself. You know, I I know on the old cars you'd need a hill to roll something down to try to jumpstart them. Right. That's what it that's what it looked like. It looked like you'd tow a truck up up it and then drop it down to try to jumpstart it onto the thing. Cause the name was was not emergency truck stops. Once you said like, well, the whole idea is that, you know, if you have a truck that's brakes are are too hot and it can't stop, you aim for one of these things, which I saw two of on the course of this entire hill. So many opportunities for your truck with no brakes to smash into something, fly off a ledge long before it has a chance to hit one of these truck ramp stops yeah just it's like play dodge the car yeah it's uh so once we got to the bottom you're like oh yeah that's if you're if your truck stops you what did you say you're 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 meant to aim for one of these and then once you hit it you you pull the e-brake well yeah from the pictures it looks like the truck sinks into the gravel a little bit but Mm -hmm. then you can pull your uh air brakes to clamp down and stop suddenly fly through the windscreen maybe i was gonna say why wouldn't you just do that on the fucking well, on the once, road, pull once your, all your wheels lock up, then you've lost control of the truck. It'll just slide around everywhere. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, the wheels aren't turning. You're sliding. Yeah, but there's going to be some grip, right? Dude, the, the burning rubber grip? Yeah, but the rubber's not burning. The brakes are too hot. I've seen plenty of truck tires exploded on the side of the road. Yeah, as have I, but that's only one of them. I don't, if I saw 15 of them exploded by the side of the road all in one spot, I'd be like, yeah, that was a bad, bad time for that guy. <laughs> But anyways, it was a long, uh, it was a long trip. I, uh, I listened to episodes of, uh, podcasts and, and chatted with, uh, my buddy, Peter. What did you, uh, you, you said you've been listening to audiobooks. I have. Yes. I was listening to an audiobook. You're going to ask me details about it that I can't answer. So. Why can't you answer? Cause I don't have it in front of me. Yeah. But do you know the name of it? Uh, it was called clean kill. Clink hill. No, that's Australian for clean kill. Clean kill. Okay. Yes. I heard clink hill. No. <laughs> You're like, it's Australian for clean kill. Okay. What's it about? Was that the first book? It's uh, about an American sniper. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's a book series. There's four of them and I'm on to book number four. Oh, you're on the last one? I am. Yeah. And have you been enjoying, what book did you start on? I enjoy it because I'm a very dark person, but I wouldn't suggest any viewers listen to this audio book if they're not, uh, <laughs> ready for some fairly dark content okay when you say dark content like obviously he's killing people no big deal yeah that's like that's exactly but i mean you're john i wouldn't call the killing of people is the no big deal part it's the rest of it that okay like what affect people for example well what's the what's the stuff that's not the killing that's dark is he killing babies no he's not killing babies like He's sniping through a hospital window as the baby's delivered. It's like, it's a boy, boom, and then like. No, because that that would be dark. I would find that dark. It it talks, it goes into some uh, detail about enhanced interrogation techniques. Okay, whatever. So it's fucking just about the US military. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. It's just (laughs) what they get up to offshore. Yeah, exactly. Um, Well, that's, uh, that's cool. Better than John Wick? No, I love John Wick. Come on, you know this. I know he likes it. Well, that's why it's it's comparable. That's if John why John Wick could adopt someone as his son. I want him to adopt me. 
<laughs> I would be John, John Wick's son. Is I'd it the character that. that you like, or is it because it's Keanu Reeves? Both. Yeah? Maybe like, he's an outstanding human, if you want to be. Of course. You know, put someone on a pedestal. I'd, he's I'd great. He never, he never pumps his own tires. He always, he always raises everybody else up. He's uh, very, very kind. Everyone knows this about Keanu. You can't go on social media without coming across something. I was like, and in other news, Keanu Reeves did another incredible thing today. I'm like, yeah, that's what he does. Yeah. I like the guy. John Wick's like the opposite of his character. He just goes around killing people. No, he goes around killing people because someone killed his dog. Yeah, I know. Spoiler alert. Wouldn't you do If you that? haven't Sorry, seen the first 14 minutes of the first John Wick movie, that's now like 10 years old. There's plenty of animal lovers out there. Many of people are It's very John upsetting. As if you killed a dog in front of me, I'd probably try to kill you. Yeah. See. But at the same time, he's still he's Josh still killing Wick henchmen. Next to me here. Did you not watch him? There's there's scenes where he walks into a club trying to get to the guys in the back and he's straight up murdering bouncers and stuff. Those could be guys who just thought, Oh my god, some guy's coming in with a gun trying to kill people. My job is to keep this place secure. You don't know how many guys who may have had, dude, maybe some of those bouncers had ch- children at home with special needs. Oh, you know what I mean? Who'll never see their dad ever again because, because he Wick. thought he was just doing his job. And John Wick's like, I don't have time to ask you your personal story. Right, just, I'll bring that up in family therapy when he That's him. all I'm saying. It's just that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's just that there's some scenes in John Wick where it's like, uh, maybe, maybe he didn't have to kill that guy. You know, maybe that guy was just doing his job. I've seen scenes. Isn't there scenes where he's just like, hey, you can't come in here. Boom, bullet to the head. And it's like, that guy was just doing his job. No, they're all bad people. So, so, so says you. So says me. Bad is subjective. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, so, Gillette Stadium. Yeah, well, more about that. well, hold on. I want to talk about the resident in, the residents in in Franklin. Okay. I don't really want to, but we had uh, we had a nice kid who checked us in, a little, little ginger fella named Michael, who gave us a goodie bag. He's not allowed out in the sun. He's not. He's not. He's <laughs> He'll burst into flames. What did we pick up? Oh, we picked up our uh, our pump trucks. Again, that story will get told at some point, but they had our uh, our pallet jacks there for us. We had ordered paddle, pallet jacks uh, or pump trucks, as I call them, and we were told that uh, they would they would give us a call on Wednesday to have them delivered Thursday on our drive. And instead, I get a call saying, "Oh, we're we're you know we're here. We're going to deliver your your pump trucks." And I was like, "Uh." We're not there for another 10 hours. When are they going to, you know, I, we were told that you guys would call us today to ask, but tomorrow they're like, oh, we're like, we'll, we'll call the dispatch place and see what they want to do. Never called me back. So I was like, okay, maybe they're going to deliver tomorrow. But then of course, when you and I were there on Thursday mm-hmm. saying like, Hey, we're going to be gone today, run some errands. Uh, is it possible to, <laughs> yeah, can you take delivery of these? And uh, they're like, they're already here. They're already here. They're already here. I feel they're bad the, for the hotel the staff. That's not their job. These things are heavy. It's not. I find that that's kind of the theme of this this tour, though, is a lot of people are doing stuff that's not their job. Yeah, yeah, like all the the stuff that we've had to buy. Yep. on our personal credit cards because <laughs> I actually forgot it's been about forgot. I forgot about that day that we went out and bought all the stuff. We went to yeah. I mean, the residence inn was nice. Uh, we we both got upgraded. No, they said that. Sorry, we didn't get upgraded. I think automatically upgraded. I got upgraded. Yeah, I got upgraded too. I had a I had a suite. I had that two bedroom suite. You said one room was the masturbation room and one room was the right. sleeping. You can rub one out in a private whack shack yeah. and then, <laughs> then that room had all the dirty towels. No, that's, that's not <laughs> all the crunchy happened. towels. Well, yeah, I mean I, I got upgraded too, but it was a weird one. 
it, it just didn't have a second room. But I also liked that it was open. Yours had like both rooms were segregated. To I put this liked... in perspective for your listeners, these are like two star hotels. Yeah, we're not getting uh, we're not getting the royal treatment. But in all fairness, I do enjoy the fact that we're getting upgraded. Like we checked in online, it was like they upgraded us to a you know one king studio or something like that, as opposed to just like a room where you walk in the door, walk down a small hall. There's a bathroom on the side and a bed. Mm-hmm. you know with a desk and that's, and that's a, a marriott property and so that's why right. are we staying at marriott property oh you want me to tell them they're aware of my status matching i tell them all about that guys if we stay 15 nights at marriott both ryan and myself based on our founders card which there is a link so if you want to do this too it's in the description of the episode uh we stay 15 nights at marriott properties we become instant marriott i think it's platinum yeah that's a top tier is that their top tier? Yeah, I believe it is their top tier. We got tier. top tier. Top tier for staying 15 nights within uh, 90 days. You want to check that out. And we're doing that uh, now. So we stayed two nights. We stayed one in Chicago at the courtyard, one in Cleveland at the, do you remember the name of that one? Uh, Fairfield? Uh, Fairfield. Yeah, Fairfield. Which was the worst of all of them that we stayed at. The Chicago courtyard was nice. Uh, Fairfield was meh. People were nice, but meh. And then, uh, and then we stayed in Foxborough at the, uh, residence Inn, which was fine. Like I said, didn't mind the room. They, they picked up our pump trucks for us. Ryan and I had very nice breakfast. I was not unhappy with the breakfast there. I liked the courtyard TV, TV size. In the yeah. Courtyard. We've been getting tiny. T- this, this TV is big. Um, and then I lied before. It's not t- top tier. There's also titanium elite and ambassador elite. Yeah. No idea how so we to got that. Except spending you you stay seventy or ninety nights if I'm not mistaken. It's a lot. It's fifty to get platinum and we can do it in fifteen. So we save thirty five nights to get platinum. And platinum is really, in my opinion, all I need. As long as I can get some complimentary upgrades. Some free water. Some free water, some late checkouts, some early check ins. I'm happy. It's really the complimentary upgrade. I like to buy the cheapest room and then be like, gimme, give gimme, give gimme. Exactly. <laughs> give me big, give me a bigger room. Gimme, give gimme, give gimme. Um I don't need like, oh, here's our presidential suite. Like at the end of the day, if you're spending 90 nights, that's that's a quarter of the year in their properties. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of my time. Don't bring a black light. Yeah. I'm a very clean masturbator. Are you a dirty masturbator? No, but I mean, it's people have been in these hotel rooms all year. I don't want to see what's... what's yeah. Good. No, you're definitely laying in other people's DNA at all times. Like this couch, dude... So far at this property, have you, I've had my bed made once. I've had my bed made zero times. You kicked her out though. I you told her to fuck off. didn't know the password to get to the door. <laughs> What's the password? Josh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the password? I'm Josh. I was going to, there was one earlier. I knew that the password, you wanted me to say my name, which I refused yesterday. And then there's, oh yeah, I was going to say free hand jobs, but I was going to like proclaim it. I was going to... <laughs> scream it from the rooftops free hand jobs but you just opened the door robbing me of that joy um <laughs> i didn't want a free hand job from you you didn't know what that was coming you didn't know i was selling them um yeah that uh they made my bed once which was today like three days after we've been here four days after we've been here and and again this would be something i would say on next week's episode if i was ever on time with this podcast but they use the same uh sheets because I was eating cheesecake in bed, <laughs> you know, like a boss. And uh, there was, uh, there was still the little chocolate, uh, like the melted chocolate. There was like, I guess like a, like a chocolate chip that fell off the cheesecake and it got on the sheets and it like melted. And I was like, yeah, whatever. They'll change the sheets. That 
chocolate stain is still on the made bed. So I know that they just made the bed and gave me new stuff. I don't, I don't think they emptied the garbages. I don't think that they, I don't think I believe you. I think you sharded in bed and you put a little poo stain there. That would be fucking They don't want to clean. I would admit that regardless, that's their job. They know that their, their job is the shart shart removal squad. She walked in and she's like, look at the shit that this guy just, I, I'm not going to lie. I hope she thinks it was a shit stain on the, on the blanket instead of just a chocolate chip. But yeah, that's uh what's confusing to her is why there's a semen stain next to the shit stain. No, I told you I'm a very clean masturbator. I don't, I, yeah, I, I, uh, I don't use lotion. Do you use lotion? No. Yeah. Oh, gee. I don't use, I don't use lotion. I've never, I think I may have mentioned this on the podcast before, but I don't, I don't understand the stereotype of the tube sock. Like, I don't know if they mean that they, they jerk off and then stick it over the top of their cock right as they're about to come. Oh, I've done that. Like you've done that. Yeah. Cause in past careers that that's been a necessity. Fair. You can't just jizz in your hand and then go wash your hands. Not in some situations. So, okay. That's so, that's <laughs> like the level of curiosity. Well, that's the idea of the podcast is to make people uh, laugh Cur- and curious. So we come back next week for more. Yeah, but you're never going to tell them the end of that story. You're no. going to tell them the circumstances where you can't, you can't come in anything but your own sock. No, that's <laughs> not no what choice. I said. I said. Can't you grab someone else's pillowcase? Past careers, there has yeah. been uh, an... It's been necessary to jizz in a sock instead of your hand. Yes. Thank you. For I, I can't, I can't. Is it because there's other people there? No. You're stuck in a hole that could have something to, I would never fucking jerk off in a situation that I couldn't wash up afterwards. That's part of being a clean masturbator. Right. You can't be like, I'm in a fucking, what can I say? I'm a filthy human being. No, it's fine. It's just funny to me. <laughs> like, listen, I don't have time to clean up, but we, can we, why a boys got talking needs? about masturbating? Cause it's We're funny talking about the it's stadium. It's so funny to me. so anyways the point is i'm not happy with how little they're cleaning my room here um yeah i don't know why i don't know why that was important to me to to discuss what do we got here what do we got here we got the the room upgrade uh we got our pump trucks we went to costco uh i'm trying where else did we go we went to costco we went somewhere else did we go to home depot if there are couples out there i want my wife hates it when i take her to home depot okay because i will walk every aisle fantasizing about what i can do with things right when i went to costco with you yep i felt like i was your wife and i wanted to cut myself you are my work wife you went down every aisle looking at every item they fantasizing know. about what you could do with it wasn't even fantasy i love and i love costco you just didn't need i don't no, it's costco you don't need you everything don't need 720 advil pills not now i don't not yet because no, you have them in your room. i don't yeah i got them now guys i my canadian listeners holy shit if you have an opportunity to go south of the border and just walk through the pharmacy section of costco unbelievable i bought sinus spray i bought i bought excedrin which we don't have in canada uh i bought fuck you, you bought a bunch of drugs that they'll take off you at the border you think so well some of them you really think so if they find them just make sure you declare them and they'll say hey are they prescription you say yes they're not prescription. They're over the counter. You can tell by the bottle. They're not going to check them. What are you talking about? You you think that they're going to take away over the counter medication that I bought in the States? If it's not available in Canada, there's a reason it's not available. Oh, maybe, but I've bought it. I've brought Excedrin over. Well, whatever. Yeah, you'll, you'll find out. Yeah, I guess I will. Just declare it so you don't get in trouble. I'm just going to put it in my backpack. You could shelve it. What's that? Put it up your yeah. ass. You, you, That's called shelving? Yeah. 
They do that with movies that they don't want to put out, right? They call it shelving it. That's where you hide. It's like the prison pocket. Prison pussy. You're not a woman. You don't have two prison pockets. You have one. Yeah. That's what they call That's what they call prison pussy for guys. They're asshole. What about women prisons? I don't know. Pussy and- Is there prison pussy both holes? Back pussy? I don't know. I Guys don't generally speaking- refer to the woman that's like we just know that they have two pockets it's an unfair advantage that they have because they get a personal item and carry on i know and we only get it's one it's like a going out handbag and then a day-to-day handbag it's yeah and it's an it's an equality thing that i'll never understand um yeah the uh costco i i'm very happy with my finds at costco uh you bought a bunch of of costco food which was good we bought the the the, the packages we bought the the laundry pods, Tide pods, so that we could do laundry, and then I took it back mm-hmm. like a G. Um, <laughs> I bought I bought Sharpie pens, which we didn't have. Guys, there was so much stuff at Costco. I will always Use advocate the shit Costco. That Josh didn't need. Yeah, fifty Sharpie pens that he then returned to Costco. Yeah, because one of them I used one. I need pens, man. I write a lot of shit down, and I took Sharpie pens. Not the not the markers and not the little fine tip ones, but like literally click Sharpie pens. The clicker broke. I was talking to somebody who's clicking it for five minutes and it fucking broke. Back you go. You know the hotel pens are free. They're shit. Don't even. They're fucking garbage. Little bullshit free ballpoint pens are horse shit. I don't use them. I use Sharpie pens. I use Pilot pens. I use nice little like wet gel. Pe- I, I, I have a certain standard. You're for a little pens. bit fancy. I'm a little bit fancy and I'm not going to apologize for it. I like using nice writing pens. Um, I like, to, I like to glide. I like to not feel the pen. Like I don't have to, f- why do I have to create a, a, a ridge? I have to dig a trench in my paper and hope that the liquid pours into it from these shitty pens. Whereas like nice, nice pens that I buy, they just sort of glide on the paper, leaving a nice trail, right? This doesn't look shitty. doesn't look like I had to fight with it to get it on the page. I think I'll buy you a pencil and a pencil sharpener. It's fine. I'll, I'll even write with a pencil. I don't have a problem with that. I fucking hate garbage ballpoint pens. Or a box of crayons. The uh, I like how you're looking at it, trying to figure out where we're at. Um, I completely forgot about Costco. Where else did we go, though? Did we go to Home Depot? Um, seriously, I like need to go and see a therapist about this Costco trip, so... Do you really? It was so good. You got a nice, you got nice fish or whatever to fish, chicken rolls, and and you bought rice, the orzo rice. I got the orzo rice, which I did not touch. You never touched it? No. You threw it out. I just had no time to eat it. So that was very wasteful of me, and I feel ashamed. You should have given it, we should have taken it back yesterday. And I had, oh my God, I'm not taking orzo salad back to Costco. Totally should have. And I bought a whole tray of chicken wraps, so- my diet was strictly tricky chicken chicken wraps, wraps for, last week for like four days in a row. Well, but I can tell you it doesn't do wonders for your body. That's true. We did when we got to Foxborough. We ordered uh, Applebee's. Mm. We ordered. We had uh, what their their the chicken bites and yeah, which were not half bad. You did Garpar and I did mm. like uh, honey hot or teriyaki or something like that. Those weren't half bad. Then I had their fries and burger again. It wasn't pretty presentation. We got this, like we got an Uber eats, uh, offer that was two. It was like two entrees and us and an app for like, what was it? $30 or $25. That was pretty good value. Yeah. It was actually super good value. Again, wasn't pretty when we got it, but by the time I'd eaten the bites and the burger and some of the fries, I was obliterated full. 
And then as a side, what did you get though? You got a like a chicken salad or something. You got I got the chicken wings and then a side of chicken Caesar salad. I think it was. Was it? No, there was no chicken in it. No, it was, it was just like a, a Chinese. Salad. Was that all it was? Yeah. I could have sworn you got a different kind of salad. It was like Asian salad or something like that. It wasn't a Caesar, but like there was said, something I, about I'm the salad. I'm still mentally scarred from our Costco trip. No, it's so fine. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go I'm through my receipts. Here. But I remember we both chose as our second entree the chicken fettuccine Alfredo with broccoli. Um, you said, and we, we threw that in our fridges. Uh, I had it the next day. I didn't hate it. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was fine in comparison to other stuff that we've been eating on this trip. I'm yeah, like, sure. it wasn't half bad. Um, it would have been nice to actually, I kept thinking, fuck, I wish I had a little bottle of the tingly Ted's. I would have poured a little, I would have poured a little bit on the fettuccine Alfredo. I tried to liven it up a bit, but I didn't hate it. We got the water from Costco. We went somewhere else. We didn't just go to Costco. Where else did we go? You were asking the wrong person. Yeah, I know. Ryan takes fucking forget me not pills or whatever <laughs> my, my sleeping pills that erase my memory <laughs> your 50 first dates pills <laughs> yep the um whatever uh i just know once we get to the fucking activation it's gonna get uh, it's gonna get a little rough you know in the stories there the uh we we oh one last thing i wanted i wanted to share with you guys because we were sitting there having breakfast one morning and i was talking to ryan because they were we were watching the news and they were doing all the advertisements for the new movies, Indiana Jones. There's the new Spider-Man movie, a bunch of shit's coming out. And I said to Ryan, I'm like, Oh, hey, next week, do you want to go to, you know, want to go to the movies? And he was like, no, I do not want to do that at all. And I was like, okay, fuck, you know, what's up? And then you had, uh, Ryan was telling me that, what, how did you even phrase? You're like, that's where you're going to get murdered or something like that. Yeah. Like if you think about the most dangerous places you could be for a mass shooting terrorist attack mm. kind of deal. The cinema is way up there, probably um, a lot higher than a school. Cause in a school, at least you can barricade doors and get out of windows and get out of harm's way. Right. In a cinema, the exits are down the front by the screen where you normally walk in. With- is that where you guys walk in in, the, in Australia? You go in that little tunnel, you come out of the tunnel. Right, and that's then you're near, sort of you're at right, the front right, right, of the, right, right. the cinema, right? So if a bad dude is going to come in with the wrong intentions, right, and and get up to mischief, that's where they're going to be standing, which is also the direction of the exits. So, well, there's generally speaking four exits, so I know what you're talking about. Cause some theaters you walk through and you're like walking up a ramp, it kind of leads you towards the front, and then you walk up the back. Yeah, but some theaters still have it where the two back doors are there. You walk in, yeah, and but there's the, no the seats right that, there. Right? No, there isn't. There isn't, and 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 they still have the exits near the front of the theater too, by the front doors. And that's where the person's standing. So unless you grab, no, there's like you know the orchestra in front of you to play Operation Meat Shield. Yeah, how are you going to get to those exits? Right. I don't know. There's there's theoretically because that front orchestra area is is like a step down, so you mm. have the chance to kind of run around to the ramps. Or I don't know about you, but I have not booked a ticket in the front orchestra area. No, too, too but you said he's screen. standing by those doors. So I'm saying if he's off to the left side, say where the entrance, the top of the entrance ramp is, right? He 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 breasts that, and he's standing at the the ramp to the the, the main entrance at the back. I'm saying if you run opposite side of the theater and then down towards that door, you're kind of running away from where he's at. 
I'm, I'm That's saying, your only chance. I'm saying he's going to shoot you. He's going to see something moving. He's going to shoot. You. But isn't isn't the whole theater going to be moving at that point? I'm saying if you see where the, the attack is, the people who are at the back have no choice to run towards the action. If you were the attacker, wouldn't you want to shoot the escaping people and then clean up the stragglers at the end? But I'm saying that they're going to escape from behind him, right? Because you're going to have, he's blocking one entrance. The opposite side of the theater theoretically the has a second entrance, entrance. Is what he's blocking. You're, There's you're, two. There were two emergency exits by down by the front of the screen. So what I'm saying is, some people he's going to be standing here. There's across the room. There's an exit, but there's also one over here. So if he's shooting people at that one, that exit's free to leave. Are you going to have time to think about that? You're like, oh, what exit am I going to? run? I'm just to saying, run. You 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 brought up some up good points. Cinema? You said that the chairs are like plastic for the most. They part. are not going to stop bullets. They're not going to stop bullets. Right, so if you like drop down and hide behind your chair, your only chance is to drop down behind your chair and hide behind another human body. Yeah, because nothing's going to stop. Like nothing in that cinema is capable of stopping the bullets. Are the bodies going to stop the bullets? Well, it depends on the weapon. But let let's use the the typical American favorite AR fifteen assault style rifle. Okay, that, that everybody knows and loves. You've probably seen in a lot of Vietnam movies and even modern day war movies. You're talking about AK forty seven or no, AR? No, no. AR fifteen is is the one that the uh, the American military uses the most. Okay, uh, that'll punch straight through plastic, no problem. That'll at close range. That'll punch through bodies, but it's quite a small bullet. So if it right. hits a bone, it'll bounce around inside the body and stop instead of coming all the way through. But anything bigger than a, than an AR-15, that'll, that'll punch through a human. What do most of these theater shooters show up with? AR-15s. That, that's what they've been yeah. showing up with historically? AK-47s, the bullet is a slightly bigger. Okay. But, um, a typical ammunition for that's not as powerful or it's on maybe the same par. In the way of power, anyway. But uh, usually, the, the the American ones. Now, my understanding is they're not fully automatic in the states. It's like not legal, or they're not set up that way. Or is it just like a, a switch? Quick Google search. Well, like you can sort that problem out. Okay, so it's not like they're manufactured differently. It's just like a like a regulator effectively put in the weapon. It's a like a what they call a safety sear, which if you think of like a um, like a cog in a clock, okay, and a spike on that cog. That's what stops the automatic fire. So what happens if you filed that away? Right. And so, okay, okay. So you can basically turn a a regular AK into like the yeah, full, this fully is not, auto. I'm or just not telling you viewers how to do this. This is not news. This is no, no, of course. No, this is something someone could, could Google and time. find out. Yeah, this is not new. This is what people have been doing in recent events. Because it's my understanding is semi like automatic weapon means that like when you fire it automatically reloads. Is that correct? It means if you hold the trigger, yeah, it will keep pushing out bullets. Okay, until you release the trigger. Semi automatic doesn't matter how many bullets are in the magazine. Right, pull the trigger and hold the trigger. Only one bullet will come out. That's a semi automatic. But what it does is it reloads itself ready to go the right. next, next time you pull that trigger. Okay. And so automatic means it's just going to keep keep going. You pull the trigger. That's and when just you get that classic machine gun noise. That's, yeah. That's So that's what I was trying to figure. So automatic and semi-automatic. So semi-automatic is apparently legal in the States. Automatic is not. Mm -hmm. And is that one of the, I, I feel like that's one of the regular arguments is that they're arguing that they should be allowed to have automatic weapons. Um, I mean, how quickly can you, you know, twiddle your finger? 
I know a lot of women that can trigger the fingers really yeah, quickly. Yeah, exactly. There, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, how, how like fast do you gun. need to be able so so you can still shoot an AK and brrr, as long as you're moving your finger like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's again, it's still horrific. So I just found it fascinating because you because I was just thinking like I just thought I didn't skip a heartbeat. That's what you found fascinating about it was you asked the question and immediately I was like, so you know no, why? That's a terrible. Well, it wasn't. Place it, to go. No, the reason being is well, you weren't even like it's a terrible place. You were like, no, I don't want to do that at all. And and the thing is, as of late, like my mom and Crystal enjoyed going to movies with me. Like that was a thing. It was like, Hey, you want to go to movies? Yes, of course. It's a fun time. Great way to escape reality for a couple hours. Enjoy ourselves. And then as of late, like my mom's like, I can't go to the movies anymore. It makes me tired. Gives me a headache. Same with crystal. Like I just were too close. It's loud. It just So like all my movie going people were just like, no, but it wasn't, it wasn't any fear of attack. It was just like mm-hmm. for them, it was just the sensory stuff. So when you're like, you're like, no, I don't want to do that at all. I was like, okay, like, fuck, you get a headache from it. You know what I mean? Like, I was expecting the, it gives me a headache, whatever. You're like, no, it is a dangerous place to go. That I was like, oh, yeah. And you're like, well, yes, you're, there's this. that You started listing it, and I was like, I was fascinated by it. It wasn't the reason that I expected you to, like, you know, for you to not want to go. Yeah, I you, just thought you were the same thing headache as, as everybody else. Yeah. Um, and also some things I know about you, you're not a big fan of, of public places. No, like so, Gillette stadium that has 50,000 people. In it. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was just one of those, like, as soon as you were like avidly against it, I was immediately fascinated. And then when you started talking about all the reasons, like there's this, there's that you're enclosed, there's nothing to hide behind, like all these things. I was like, yeah, you're, you're, you're sitting duck there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you are. Yeah. And think about the kids that police the, the cinema. yeah exactly they're not uh you're you had you had said like a a good point was that like your your only hope is to like hide long enough for him to run out of ammo and then like either try to rush him yeah or just get out of there just get the fuck out of my advice would be just get out of there you think so my thing would be like if he's reloading i'd want to rush him and knock him down because i feel like by the time i ran to the door got around him and started running down that long ramp i feel like he'd be reloaded and be able to shoot me in the back you'd want to have a a group of mates that are going to do that with you yeah, like, but I feel like if I have, I have enough time to rush him, but not rush out, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. That's why it's like okay, yeah, he's reloading, so like fucking taking the opportunity, him. you're seizing the moment. Yeah, because I really don't think that I could run down, get around him, and then run away before he's reloaded and unloaded into my back. You're not a very lucky person. I'm just saying. no, I'm not. I think I'm also not a very fast runner, so I'm he's picture, got more I'm time to this reload. Right now, you're like this dude's reloading. <laughs> You've decided to charge just him. <laughs> Two things are going to happen: a, you're going to have a heart attack and never make it; b, you're going to trip luck, though, and, I'll fall trip and, and fall and roll down the fucking stairs like the boulder and in, in, in front of him. Yeah, exactly. I feel like you think I would lose momentum, right at his feet. <laughs> Look up, like oh fuck. Maybe he'll show pity and just be like, "Good try, mate." Maybe, in all fairness, like maybe. I'd get him laughing so fucking hard he couldn't he couldn't focus or point his gun proper. You know what I mean? I I remember you, the other day you were telling somebody that, and I think it was good information. I really do because like, I mean, as much as we're in the states, right? I'm I'm Canadian. I'm not big on guns, and in most of the country, like just having to worry about someone pulling a gun on you isn't really a thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas like here, it's like, yeah, we're, we've been in states where it's like, oh yeah, people are, are carrying. Yeah. One of our local got, laborers, we, um, well, one, our boss was a little bit concerned that he was carrying because yeah. we told him to go away because he didn't have the right boots Yeah, and he came back and he just kept putting his hands down his pants. Every time. Yeah. Every time he would get information he didn't like, he would put his hands on his belt and, yeah. and, uh, like his yeah. hands would disappear. 
Oh, he they, he put them yeah, into his pants. You couldn't see where his hands were going or what he was doing. So. I just saw him keep grabbing the. He kept grabbing the front of his belt. He just kept grabbing it. But I I saw that his pants were falling. So every time he would like jog to his car, he'd grab his his the sides of his belt to keep mm-hmm. his pants. It would pull them up or whatever. So I think he was just kind of trying to either tighten his belt or hold onto his pants or whatever. But I just I just know being in the states, like the gun thing is a little more real. But you were telling somebody that like. If somebody's within X amount of feet of you or something. So I don't know quite the feet conversion, so I'll give it to you in metric. Sure. Uh, we were taught that if you're within eight meters. Eight meters. Of somebody that that is drawing a weapon, not that they have it already pointed at you, but right. they are bringing their weapon out from a holster or wherever it's concealed. If you're quick enough to spot that and you rush them, you have a, a higher probability of surviving. Right. Because they won't get a clean shot off. Yeah, you were saying it would go like they they, they, they would, would they panic. would they would panic and try to fire they before see, they're yeah, ready. They would see somebody running at them and they would squeeze the trigger before they had aimed at anything. So there's a chance the bullet would just take off the wrong direction. Okay, mm-hmm. it's good. I think that's but valuable. You want to be confident? Sure. You can take that guy down though, because now you're wrestling with someone that has a weapon. Yeah, but you're not a. I still think like I'd still rather take my chances. I'd rather I'd rather be wrestling someone who's well, that's twice it. as big as me than if you somebody who's twice choice, as big as me pointing a gun at me. Yeah, if you've got a choice and you're on the spot and you turn yeah. and you run, you're going to get shot. Right. But if you run at them, you've just increased your well, it's chances like, of survival. It's well, like fighting someone with a bow and arrow. It's like you don't have the range to be able to pull back your string and stuff before mm-hmm. I can get in the way of it. Whatever. Exactly. So I think I, I would rather rush a big dude with a gun. Like you said, it's like if they're, if you're within, I thought it was less than that. Eight meters is like 20 feet. Right. But so that's like, I mean, that's pretty far. That's basically between here and the window. It, it's so I see some guy start to run. If I rush him, I still feel like he'll be able to, to get a, a shot off. He's of still going to be panicking. Cause you're, you're this big figure. That's like full speed. You're going to be pumped full of adrenaline. You're probably going to move the fastest you've ever moved in your life. Right. Turns out he's just pulling out a pen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> from his pack that's of my 100 new, that he that's, got from yeah. Costco. That's my new move. Anytime anyone reaches to their pocket, <laughs> I'm just fucking rushing them like a rhinoceros from now on. I'm going to fucking knock down so many women with babies. <laughs> just go to pull like a fucking baby cloth out of their back. Gun! <laughs> what if she's breastfeeding, dude? She's just trying to get yeah, it out. That's so funny. Then you come in, take her out. Oh, yeah. That's, you got to watch yourself around me now. Don't know sudden <laughs> movements. The, uh, it's so fucking funny, but I, I thought that was valuable information. It's like, yeah, if you think someone's got a weapon, but I felt safe at Gillette stadium, I wasn't for all the, the listeners out there. There was so much security. They even had the, um, police sniper teams turn up and the dogs were everywhere. The dogs had to come and sniff, sniff our, stuff. Our, our own stuff. Yeah. They walked through the kitchen and our refrigeration truck. Yep. Um, it was the first, it was the first stop on the tour guys. So we, we got there in the morning on uh, Friday and we had a group of local labor people that the vast majority of them didn't show up for an hour, hour and a half. Um, there were some, some good ones on the team whom I liked. Uh, we had, uh, I'm going to, I just drop a couple names, Flo and Maurice. I don't think they'll ever hear that, but, uh, very, very happy, uh, with them. They, they worked hard. They were looking for solutions. Uh, great dude, Jordan, Jordan, Jordan yeah, on I the like team. Jordan. Jordan was very good. And he's uh, a retired Marine. He only did his three years service, but he's thinking about going back. Yep. Yep. He was good. And then I think we had one other guy who didn't speak any English, sadly. Jerry. Jerry. And he meant, he meant well, but Jerry, because he didn't know what we were saying, 
we had to correct stuff sometimes. So it, it could have been better. Had Jerry spoken English, I feel like he would have been a, a much better asset, just understanding what, what tasks we wanted him to do. But a lot of other people showed up. Definitely noticed the American culture right away with the whole like, yo, that's not my problem. That thing that, you know what I mean? Like everybody, everybody was, everyone was, was very quick to everybody. blame. Yeah. yeah. Everyone was quick to like, not my fault. you know, I don't know. We, um, we didn't have a full team of load in laborers. Um, the ones that were there, 50% of them were, were borderline useless. No offense to anyone, but, um, uh, Ryan, myself, and and uh, our two uh, our two higher ups, uh, we all we all worked on getting stuff uh, done. Uh, we were doing the full build for our little setup, which is uh, like two tents and two, you know, seating areas. Uh, we were way behind. We we didn't have labor for an hour and a half mm-hmm. until until an hour and a half after we we're supposed to start. We. Uh, you know, we're, we're still putting things together and missing certain assets that we needed. We're sort of figuring out things like no disparagement towards, you know, the company that's hired us. They thanks for the work. But, um, (laughs) I guess we didn't even, you know, again, we didn't record the last episode yet, but, um, effectively when Ryan and I were driving across the country, we were supposed to have everything in our trucks. Uh, and we didn't, we, we ended up getting to, the Boston area and meeting the truck there. So that morning we were actually unloading a truck that had drove everything across uh, the border uh, that night. So we were unloading a truck uh, trying to sort of figure out what's what and what goes where Um, we were really late getting started that day. In fact, we had to, you know, we were so behind that they were letting concert goers into the area and our two trucks were still in the way. And then we got in trouble for that. Yeah. We got in shit. We had to throw a bunch of stuff in the truck, like just to get it the fuck out of the way. Um, some of it rolled around. Some of it broke the right. back door of my truck because mm-hmm. it wasn't secured. Like it was less than ideal. And now for the rest of the tour, I, we tried opening the truck the other day and it's, it's a, it's a, it fights me very, very hard uh, getting it open. So again, just because we were sort of, you know, unprepared behind and then rushed. Um, yeah, it, it, it is what it is. A lot of people hate when people say that it's like, yeah, of course it is. It's not really saying much. Yeah. Fair. You should say. But it sucks. It's, it's, there's nothing we can do about it. You know, we've, we've got the truck, the truck's got a fucking dented door now and we're going to see, um, we're going to see what we can do with the rest of it. The activation itself, however, um, when we were in Toronto, we we built it, activated, and tore it down all in one day. This one, I mean, I say luckily, there's no way we would have been able to do it, undo it anyways, but we we built it, and then we activated on Friday, and we activated until late in the night because we were also doing samples of the tater tots with the hot sauce uh, after the show, like mm-hmm. so when people left when the, the concert area. To exit. Yeah, and a cool little thing, and uh, just say like this was the first time that we were able to hear the songs that he was playing from outside. So we're just outside the stadium; we could hear what song Ed Sheeran was playing. And to people who bought tickets, he was supposed to have some different opening act, uh, Khalid or something—not DJ Khaled, but like a Khalid something or other, or whatever was supposed to be there—and had to cancel on him. So instead of that, people who came to the Friday show actually got to see John Mayer as the opening act. So it was like John Mayer. Uh, some other group apologies and then you know ed sheeran so john mayer is quite the the act i know that he's a he's a pretty big deal so uh that was quite the show people got unexpectedly and then uh and then we tried to get home that night we got out a little bit earlier than we had anticipated 
but all the time that we thought we had saved, we got into our truck, drove down the only road that, uh, that we were allowed to go down and ended up in a two hour, like traffic jam. Yeah. After the show forcing us to go north there was no way to turn around and go south yeah we didn't miss a turn we didn't miss an exit we didn't miss a roundabout every turn we took there was a squad car parked in the middle of the road Mm -hmm. with all the lights turned off until he sees you and then he would light up like a christmas tree and tell you to get the fuck back on the highway yeah they weren't nice what the hell did you turn this way for the gps well the gps is wrong it's like i don't know is there no courtesy or professionalism like no empathy or understanding yeah, we, we've been talking like, about this all week but like the protect and serve yeah written on the side of the police car yeah in quotation marks neil neil brennan's joke he's like i love how protecting to serve is written in quotes like they're being sarcastic it's just uh i just noticed it didn't matter who we were talking to at what level on premises if you talk to someone like hey listen it's not my job like that whole boston accent was very prominent but yeah not, not my problem you know, I was driving a truck down a back road and it's like one guy's like, uh, you know, hey, hold on. I can't let you in here yet. I need to, uh, you know, I think you got to get swabbed with the bomb bomb team or whatever. And I was like, okay. So he gets on the radio. Hey, yeah, I got a guy here in a rider truck. You know, he's, he's got to go in a lot 6B, but uh, do we need to, do we need to bomb swab him or whatever? And the guy, and they can hear the guy on the radio is like, yeah, that's security's problem. Not my problem. I'm like, just what a way to communicate. Not yeah, like, oh, he'll go down. In. Yeah, and then he's just, yeah, and it just, and nobody swabbed us or anything, and it, like, whatever, we weren't bringing anything, I wasn't worried, but it was just one of those things where, like, the way they talk to each other is so, it's it's super unprofessional, mm-hmm. just like, yeah, not my problem, that's security's problem, and the guy was like, and, and the funny thing is, like, I guess, I don't know, the guy's trying to do his job by radioing and saying, does he need to get bombs? So instead of saying, hey, man, thanks for checking, but no, he's good, the security will do it if necessary, it's the same thing. It's just said more professionally. Yeah, not my problem. That's security's problem. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I understand. I just, I don't know. I wish. I, I think if anyone comes and does these local laborer gigs or brand ambassador gigs with a company like ours, yeah. I think some things you should remember is if you're not early, you're late. So just turn up five minutes early. If it yeah. says start at 9 a.m., be ready to go in front of your supervisor before 9 a.m. Right. I think that's just something that people could take away from that. And also, if you don't have a job, don't stand there and say, that's not my problem. That's that guy's problem. Yeah. Come and ask me. Be like, hey, man, I have nothing to do. How can I help you? And I'll, I'll give you directions. I'll, I'll tell you what you can do. Ryan is a good community there. He's also He also has these expectations that people want to work or whatever. Like. I, I totally get where the lazy people are coming from. Like, like I when, will like when Josh walked off to go to the toilet and I fucking lost. Did it. you? You didn't know I went to the bathroom? No. You just thought I fucked off. Yeah, so to fucking How, yelling at the That's hysterical. You didn't tell me that. Why after all the gigs we've done together, I just I'll just fuck out of the blue, I'll just fuck off in a different country. Can't just hop in my car and go home. <laughs> that's hilarious. I get it though, because I've been that guy where it's like, okay, I don't like, you know, I'm going to fucking hang back or whatever, but I'm not going to stand in the middle of plain sight with nothing to do. I'm going to look busy. Yeah. Pick something up. Yeah. And then you're not hide in in plain sight. Exactly. That's it was, it was frustrating because there was a lot to do. Um, the thing that, the, the thing that makes this different from the hometown hockey tour is that we had a group of people that all knew the, the stuff. They knew that so, job. Yeah. We all knew how to do all the things. And so 
it got faster as we picked up momentum. The issue with this one is that there's two people who know how to do it, you and me. And despite the fact that we do have two supervisors who know how to do it, um, they aren't going to be with us for the, for, you know, uh, some of the trip. So not only do we have to teach our own team members how to do it, but we're gonna have different laborers who don't know what they're doing. So mm -hmm. we effectively start over every single time. Um, which sort of sucks. And we also don't know if the, the labor groups are going to show up like, um, the activation, you know, we won't, I won't subject you guys to the, the nitty gritty of every single week, but the whole idea is once, once we get these two tents built and everything, we're building a little mini kitchen. We've got fryers, um, at the back of the thing where we're, we're deep frying tater tots so that we can give effectively what we're doing is we're giving away a tiny little box. that has got some tater tots in it and some hot sauce squirted into it so they can dip the tater tots and to, to, to try Ed Sheeran's hot sauce. That's the whole product being tested, um, or sorry, t I should say sampled and our, our, <laughs> our BAs were saying like, once we got started, the BAs are like, hey, come get some tater tots. Come get free tater tots. And it's like, I kept saying to them, it's, the tater tots are not the headliner. This is not about the tater tots. We're here, you know, tingly Ted's. Hey, try Ed Sheeran's hot sauce, tingly Ted's. Free, free tater tots to dip it in, you know? And it was just one of those, they all said they'd done stuff before. Yet everybody was about, hey, come get the tater tots. And, and so there's someone kept yelling, hey, have some tingly tanglies. And it's like, that's not the name of that's it. That's not like, it at all. It yeah, was just know. frustrating. Maybe they just know how to talk to each other and that's how they wanted to pull in the crowd. But the messaging was wrong. Exactly. You could say, hey, you know, come get your free tater tots to dip in Tingly Ted's sauce. Something where you mention the sauce. Because if the client's there, they're going to be like, what the fuck are they saying? This mm -hmm. is not what we trained them on. The, the truth of the matter is everything was delayed. Everything was slowed. We had issues in terms of you know, fryers like melting tables, grease being dripped on the parking lot, which was apparently the only thing that, that Gillette stadium had asked us not to do mm -hmm. was to drip grease on the ground. So it was one of those things where very early on into the activation, um, you know, we realized that there's a lot of shit that needs to change, which Ryan and I have been working on this week to attempt to do is to make to, things a little bit more streamlined and efficient. Exactly. So after our horrific, uh, two hour drive back to the hotel. Like I've never seen this. And I'm trying to think of like an area that everybody knows that I could use as an example. But the truth is like, you know, it's like getting to an intersection and being like, I need to go left. And then, you know, all the cops are blocking the left turn. So they go, you got to go right. And then you're driving down the road and every right and left, they're like, nope, just keep going straight. Keep going so you're straight. just driving the wrong way for so long. And, and the thing that really pissed me off is ways didn't say, Oh, you know, like here's all these roads blocked. You're going to be an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. They're like, Oh, five more minutes. Oh, just five more minutes. Oh, yeah. just five more minutes. And Every time we get to an intersection. Delayed. But then, uh, the next day where you spoke to the right people. Yeah. And found a back, back exit that the ambulances and stuff take right. and the they VIPs. Had, they had hidden a VIP road. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was, that got us back here in 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. It was great. It was great. We didn't know we went the, we went the way like good bitches and, uh, and it took us two hours to get back. That sucked. So there's another lesson for your listeners. If they're doing any of these, uh, types of events and they need to get out of the traffic, find out where the emergency vehicles drive. Yeah. Cause that doesn't necessarily open. mean they're going to let you, but I think it's because we were in the production lot. So they're like, Oh, you're part of the production. You get to leave. The yeah, good, I'd the still good say way. take your chances. It's 100%. better than driving, 
an hour north, but you know, waiting to turn around just to drive an hour back and then tack on your extra 30 minutes to get back to the hotel. And we were in a 26 foot truck guys. So like the, the problem was instead of the cops being right at the intersection, they'd be like 15, 20 feet down the road. So you turn down the road and, and then they'd you're good. And then they'd light up, go, where are you going? It's like this way. So then we have to like, you know, turn this truck around on a little residential street um, not the easiest thing to do. Whereas if they just block the intersection from, you know, the edge of the street, you go, okay, I can't turn down a haircut going straight. It was, it was super irritating. And, and keep in mind, gang, we had been there since like seven o'clock in the morning. That was it's a, now it was a 19 midnight. hour. Yeah. Day. It was That's a 19 hour day. Out. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. So we got the activation, uh, done. We, we finished the second day as well. Again, having a much easier time getting out at the end of the day. And then we, um, we did our loadout on Sunday, which was supposed to be a short day. You know, it was supposed to be like, we get there at nine o'clock and we're done by two. That was the expectation. Um, instead it started raining on us half, uh, half the, the, uh, labor crew didn't show up and the ones that did showed up late again. Now the first day they were having issue finding the location because it's a giant stadium. They don't know what lot we're in. Where are we setting up? I feel that was a failure on the, the people, our company side, organizing yeah. where they should be. They didn't uh, give them proper instructions. That's fair. I don't even know if they were made aware of where we'd be setting up in all fairness. But I just know that once they had made it there the first day, there was no reason why they shouldn't have been able to make it back there. Now that they know where they're going, you know, you and I had to figure it out. We did have direction, but we got there. We got to the places on time. And I just kept telling them all when they called me that first day, lot 22, it's VIP lot 22. That's where you're going. And they kept saying, yeah, I'm trying to do like, I'd hear them on the phone talking to a security person or something. Yeah, I'm trying to, we're here to do the sampling. We're here to do the event. Mm-hmm. which is like there's several different areas going so on. I'm so I kept saying, say number 22, they know their house. They don't know all the events going on, but they know their own stadium. Tell them lot 22 and they'll be, and they just didn't listen. And that's, um, it sucks. It's annoying, but that was literally what it was, was they didn't, they didn't communicate something that would be accessible. And again, and the staff was all, ah, not my problem. I don't know what you're talking about. I've never, I've never met. I, I don't know. It's a cultural thing. Clearly. We'll see what happens tomorrow. Yeah, we, even when we were asking maybe, for our ride back to the Pittsburgh trucks. Maybe Pittsburgh is different to Boston. Who knows? I'm sure it is. But I'd, I'd be interested to see how it works out. Because again, when we asked somebody, hey, do you know where you know this? Where how we would find this person? They didn't say, you know what I don't know, but let me see if I can radio someone or I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can find the an answer for you. Everyone's like, no, nah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, pff, I, don't, I don't know who that is. I don't know. I don't know how to do that. I don't. Just, they just have no problem saying, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and is, there, is there any problem solving skills that exist in you at all? You know? And I was just like, that's, I don't know. That was something that really frustrated me is, is, is there didn't seem to be any, any kind of like, let's solve some problems. Anyways, all that is to say that on the last day, they still showed up late. Half of them showed up and it pissed rain on us. So we were trying to, because we had taken everything into the truck, it was one truck that had everything. You and I have the responsibility that we are each going to be carrying half of the assets. So not only were we trying to tear this thing down, but it was trying to keep track of making sure that half of everything went to one truck, half of it went to another with reps that didn't speak English, weren't listening, couldn't understand, hey, there's two of those things, put one of them here, put one of them there. It was, it was a rough day. It was hard. It was a rough day. And I think we were exhausted already from a long weekend of, of two days working 19 plus hours, you know, getting stuck. At it, it sucked. It, it definitely sucked. And I think we got out of there at what? 9 PM. Yeah. 
came back to it was meant to be an afternoon finish yeah and and it ended up being super late into the day i was destroyed physically like my feet stopped working for me i had to keep sitting down way more than i wanted to uh we were told that we could go and have dinner on the company dime which was kind except everything in the <laughs> plaza was closed because we closed at so eight late. yeah they were like oh we all close at eight so we're like all right fuck i think we came back what did we get wild wings or something did we get wild wings was it shit it was it was that like that deal oh, where you that's get right. 20 and 20 it was good 20 wings that were boneless and 20 boned <laughs> wings we watched uh we watched Twilight Breaking Dawn Part Two. That was enlightening. I was surprised that you you had watched it. I I watched the Twilight ones. I didn't love them. I thought the first one was stupid, but then the second one, it's like ooh werewolves, and I'm like, but then they're just giant wolves, which I didn't think was anything special. No, mm. you're not very imaginative. Like that was. What do you mean imaginative? It was good. It was stupid. The whole movie was just a Who war scene. Like a, a war vampire. Scene. I, it's, everybody it's like a strip of vampire covered in glitter covered in glitter i don't know it seemed stupid they all seemed way too pretty it was like it like 97 orlando we spoke about this. if you turn into a vampire you're meant to turn exactly as you are yeah you you have you not seen so interview with the vampire i want to hit the gym for like 12 months so that i'm ripped before a vampire turns me into a vampire <laughs> <laughs> what about your hair what about my hair well I you're gonna need you're gonna I keep have, the same hairstyle beautiful lush locks yeah but you want it to be long no that's what i'm saying so if you if you get turned with short hair you're gonna keep short i'm gonna hair. go see a First good off, barber i'm gonna I make sure he does a good I job i can't believe this seems like it's new to you how many vampire movies have you seen of course they stay the same age that's why kirsten dunst was so pissed off in interview with the vampires that she never aged she was staying a child forever mm-hmm. so she was older than most people but she still looked like a child yeah that's tough this isn't new it's tough to get a date you think so? Yeah. I I think that would solve the pedophilia problem. If there was child vampires, then it's like, here's something that looks like a kid, now you're but it's old enough to consent. The doors for people to say, I identify as a 21-year-old. Yeah, but you can't so identify. You have to, to actually... No, no, no. It's not just what you identify as. I'm saying if there were vampires, okay... Obviously, they're not, they're not consensual. See, you can't, you can't get a child to consent to become a vampire... That's a that would be a weird that would be a weird solution to the problem if it's like this seven year old child was turned as a vampire they're they're now thirty seven years old so they've got the mental wherewithal to consent to your wacky this. acts <laughs> these are this is not a real thing there's no real there's no vampires I'm just I'm trying to create a a solution to a horrific thing I'm just saying what are, Ryan the world wants to know my twelve listeners want to know. What are your thoughts on solving pedophilia by creating vampire children who will have aged the equivalent of 30 some odd years yet they still have the, cause I don't, well, that's a weird, you know what? I've never thought this. This is an interesting thought. And I, and I mean it sincerely. It's dark. Speaking of dark, by the way, it's interesting. I, I clearly, anybody who may not know me and has somehow stumbled upon this, this episode is the first one. There's a lot of dark subject, matter. We talked about running in movie theaters, fucking Russian people are pulling guns out. I wonder. Yeah. You should start at episode What do you one. think the pedophiles are attracted to? I would, I, my knee jerk is like the youth, the, the small size, but a, do I'm you not think a pedophile, and B I'm Ryan, not a fucking on behalf of all pedophiles, will you please answer my question? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that. That I've never thought about it. I just you know, pedophiles like kids, but I never stopped to be like, do they just like the way they look? 
right? Because that would that's the vampire thing is that it's just it just look like a kid. I can't answer this question. Honestly, I'm not qualified. I don't know. To I'm this just question. saying explore it with me, okay? I'm saying if they're attracted to the child's personality, first off, they're better people than you and I because they're looking for what's on the inside, not what's on the outside. But I, I which I don't believe. I'm sure it's just the the small stature or whatever. But I I do find that fascinating because that vampire thing wouldn't solve the problem if they were walking around all articulate and intelligent, but they just look like a kid. The pedophile is attracted to the child's personality. That's not going to do it for them. I just I was trying to find a flaw in my own system, my own hypothetical, supernatural, completely fabricated you know, mythological, you, you, what are you afraid to speak? Yeah. This conversation <laughs> went somewhere. I just, I, weird. but I found it interesting. Cause I'm like, yeah, Stick I don't to the script. <laughs> I can you imagine the script. Can you imagine? I just think it's interesting. I wonder, I I'm sure again, like I said, I'm like everybody else it's on what's, you know, it's looks their Their attraction is probably this small. I don't know. Cause pedophilia is a fucking weird I don't thing. Know, right. Like, some men are attracted to women. Some men are attracted to men. Some women are right. attracted to women. I just mean, so maybe it's that. Right, Maybe but some but people what are, are they attracted, attracted by the to? Women? Younger people. Some people, are like, I would say, knee jerk. Your first attraction is looks, right? Usually, like, hey, that person looks cute. I want to talk to them. Some attractions grow organically because you're friends, and you're like, you know what? I really like this person. I never, I didn't look at you that way, but like hanging with you is so cool, and I fucking, I've grown. But we also to you. don't know because we haven't gone too deep into this research. But like, maybe these people have mental problems. They clearly do. Yes, and I didn't want to be so upfront like that but no well i mean i i think that so i've talked about this before just in general conversation with people i i find that i do find the whole thing like again no idea where it came from like it wasn't my intention to talk about it but i do find it fascinating i've talked to people before saying like if you're if you have those urges it's so horrific like what society does to you that like how do you even try to like get help before you act out right? To like go to somebody, to go to a psychologist and be like, I think I have these urges. Like it's so demonized. It's bad. It's not a good thing at all, but it's almost like to even try to self-identify and be like, I want to get help before I act out. Like I would feel like you're immediately put on a register. Like that isn't it the, like the, the clinical person, isn't it their job to report you that well, their job. So they, you have, they think they're going to, you're going to commit a crime. Correct. They, it's their job to report you, but I don't know how loose that definition is. If you're like, I have urges, it's like, well, like if my understanding is that if they're like, I hate my wife and I'm going to kill her, it's like, well, then I think you're going to kill her and I have to report it. You just made it sound like you have intent. Whereas like, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I find the whole thing fascinating because like I I've listened to true crime podcasts and stuff like that. And I've listened to things where I'm like, this rubs right up on against the line of like, you know, uh, someone who's like schizophrenic. So it's like, okay, well clinically, like they didn't even know what they were doing and they're medicated now. And you know, they have no urges and they're like, yeah, I'm, I feel fine and whatever, but it's like, yeah, but you still killed five people because you thought they were werewolves. You know what I mean? And now you're free to live your life. And those, you know, families still don't have those people in them. Right. So in my head, I'm like, well, what do you forgive? Like in all fairness, this person had a mental disorder where they were not, they didn't, they weren't thinking clearly. You know what I mean? So I'm like, do you forgive that? At the same time, like I if I, know, man. it's the, tough. The That's damage to the to the child or the the uh, underage, the minor, right? Um, that's 
That's some pretty heavy shit. I'm not suggesting that like to forgive it. I'm not saying that the, the pedophilia stuff is okay. It's not, but I'm saying that like, if you're somebody who's like, I think I have these urges, it's like, you know how they say like the first step, uh, to solving a problem is admitting there is one. Yeah. Right. So it's like, how do you seek out help? Right. Are there books out there? I just, I found it curious because it's like, what if you like, thank God I don't have those urges anymore. No, uh, (laughs) no, I'm saying I don't have Uh, those urges. (laughs) I don't have those urges. So I I wouldn't know. But as a person who like empathizes, right. I'm like, like, let's say you're that person, the schizophrenic, right? Nobody's like, oh, if you go to jail as a schizophrenic, they all kill you. But it's like everything is like the the mob sharpening their pitchforks and the torches. So if you're somebody who's like, I've never acted out on it, but I feel like I have these urges, you're instantly, I think, going to get demonized. You're going to put on a list. So I think there's a lot of people that are like, too scared to talk to, to, to yeah like i think that maybe there's peep there's things that I, I mean again i don't even know what the help is i probably should have researched instead i'm just throwing it out there to the universe i just i do think why that, don't you cut it no because i'm being honest i'm not condoning it i'm just saying i find it interesting the psychology and i'm like i don't know what help there is for like if if i don't know if there's i don't even know what murderers do if someone's like i feel like i want to kill somebody i have these these violent tendencies i think I think there's a lot of telltale signs, right? They say like, what is it like the Holy Trinity of like a murderer is that like, like uh, I think they said bedwetting, uh, a fascination with fire and like uh, torturing small animals. You know what I mean? Is like, this like a psychopath or something? I don't know if it's a psychopath, but like, like a murderer, I guess a psychopath. Yeah. Maybe I'm just calling it murderer. I'm just saying that there's like telltale signs like, oh, my kid likes to beat up. I, I think my buddy Jesse Joyce did a bit about how like they call it the holy trinity of like psychopaths or whatever, something where it's like, you know, bedwetting. And it's like, I'm pretty sure every kid has, has wet the bed and it's like fascinating, fascination with fire. I'm like, again, I think all kids have been fascinated with fire. It's like, can't we just hang a giant red flag on torturing small animals? Mm-hmm. Like, isn't that the one where you can just be like, and if that's the, that's the, the fucking that's murderer right there. Yeah. So I just, I don't know. I'm saying that there's, there's generally warning signs. Maybe if one of my listeners is listening, actually, actually I read a whole book or saw a documentary. I just, I, I think that it'd be the kind of thing that like, it would be great if someone who was self-aware is like, I f- am fucking attracted. Again, I, this was just off of a joke about vampire kids being the solution to pedophiles. Um, I should go in front of the fucking city hall and be like, I have found the solution to one of the world's most horrific problems. Vampires. (laughs) I guess he's getting hauled off in a (laughs) straitjacket. But Um, I don't know. I just, I I do find that stuff fascinating because it's like, as somebody who likes psychology, I'm just kind of like, what, what could a person do if they recognize that in themselves that like, I have this horrific desire. Some people can be like, I want to kill people. And, and, and an outlet for them is like, great, join the military. If you want to kill people, go kill the other people that want to kill people. But that's not every military. I'm not, no, I'm, I'm not Australian. Su- no, no, no. I'm Australian not suggesting that's what it is. Go out there like that. No, no, no. I'm not suggesting that's the military's thing. But if you're somebody who's like, I have the urge to kill people, it's like, well, there is a legal outlet for that. You can join this group and you'll have a chance. Just a heads up though, they also want to try to kill you too. Or you could become an international assassin. Yeah, but that's not legal. And it's it's probably a lot harder. Not if you're John Wick's son. No, no. <laughs> he never had a kid because his wife was dead. No, he's going to he adopt me. get to finish remember? his puppy. The, um, look at you looking at the list. They're like, well, let's move on. I want to talk to the next topic. I do. The point, well, all I'm, listen, I am trying to get through my vampiric pedophilia <laughs> rant. You passed it. I, I feel like I am. I think we're, I just find it fascinating, right? 
Like what are the what are some of the other taboo like like conditions? Uh for another podcast after a little bit of research so we don't go in You don't want to you like don't want to just idiots. throw it out there. Oh. I don't want to just throw it out there. No. I want to be a little bit more educated than I <laughs> Have you not heard? Well, you guys, you haven't listened to this podcast. Most of the things people yell at me for is is talking out my ass. I have no like. That's why I say like I thought it was just a stupid joke. Yeah, yeah, vampire. There's yeah, a child and then you forever. went down this. And then yeah, but that's dark, I guess creepy it was, rabbit hole. Yeah, it's that's well, that's how my brain works. And I go, hey, what would a real solution be? And then I'm like, well, first off, before we identify the solution, you have to identify the problem. But and that's what led me to the whole. Well, then how do they? self-diagnose and go like what help is there for me i guess that's that's the very overstated but yet simply summarized thing is like what help is there for someone who's got that problem because to go out in public and admit that you have that problem in public they have to go to a professional that is a psychologist or a psychiatrist yeah and confide in them in closed doors do you think they'd get put on a registry immediately? No. I. You don't? I think they would. I don't think they'd be on a registry. I think the, the professional would take their time to dive into it a little bit and make a... You don't think that they assessment. would do it as like a precaution? Like I know how like, you know, we have to protect Maybe the kids or whatever. Maybe in their notes it would be a precaution and they'd probably be willing to hand all those over to the law enforcement if required. But I think in the beginning they would let this person vent because maybe that's all the person wanted to do. Just get it off their chest and then the, it went away. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not the. No, I get it too, and I don't understand the urges. Like I said, my I after watching uh, Leaving Neverland, I did learn that uh, most people who have those urges were were victims themselves. Right. So, you said, so like that's where it's like, is that is that the cause? That's something they could talk to their uh, their psychologist about or their therapist, whatever route they take. Yeah. I don't know the whole, I, again, I find the whole thing fascinating. It's, I, I wish it wasn't a thing, but there's a ton of horrific things about human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so good thing there's not vampires, so they can't act out these <laughs> horrific. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, uh, again, what a, what a topic to just throw out. <laughs> I might not be able to publish this episode. Why? I don't know. Because we're talking about literally named the tour that we're doing. And then this subject in the same. Oh, you have just identified a major problem. You might have to do some bleeping in this. No, I'm not going to bleep. I'm not going to bleep. I don't think I've condoned anything. This is a fucking humor podcast. Let the audience just hear me have this moral dilemma. I think that in and of itself says stuff. Again, I have not... Uh, Let's of- just make it clear that it is Josh's in a dilemma here. His, his mind is spinning yeah, it's crazy. And it has nothing to do with what we do. Well, I, I I, am very grateful to be a part of the tour. I condone none of this. It started off as a, a nonsensical mm-hmm. comment regarding childlike vampires that were like 100 years old. That's what Kirsten Dunst's character. And that was just, that was a stupid. So really it's her fault. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think, you know what it is? I think it's a mix of that stupid Twilight movie with all the, the, the vampiric children running around. And the fact that I listened to true crime podcasts on my drive here. (laughs) In the defense of uh, Twilight, I think they they wrapped it up at the end there where um, they said that Indian... um, Aboriginal. That's the most offensive thing that's been said on this podcast. I'm sorry. The fact that you called him Indian. First Nations. I am... Indigenous. I guess I said that because of the way he was dressed. And I apologize to anybody out there that (laughs) is offended by that. Was he wearing an Indian like Taj Mahal? I don't know what their dresses are called. 
He was uh, dressed. He was dressed as a, a native. Again, but he Indian's said he stopped thing. aging at the age of, of seventeen or something. Right. And but he's like a hundred. And now years he's one hundred and thirty something years old. Yeah. That's that's all I'm saying. And it's funny because so, I mean, seventeen technically is still illegal depending on your age. But that's also like a completely different vampiric thing. That's like the uh, what do you call it? Don't point to me and say they they say made a new type you. of vampire. They made a half human, half vampire that grows to a certain point and then yeah, stops. So, he was, so that's not necessarily a vampire. I I really have to say that uh, that it's it's. Uh, I don't think it's cause for concern. I think I would wear it if someone was like, "Dude, what the fuck were you saying?" I'd be like, "Eh, if you listen to it, I don't know it what was I was a saying." Goofy. No, I I know what I was saying. I was I was talking about yeah. I listened to true crime podcasts on the way here. I know there's a lot of mental conditions. It was a stupid joke about is that breaking the law on a supernatural being that doesn't exist. And I was like, oh, that would be a solution to it. Is you're effectively playing out on urges, and then that led me to go, yeah, but if their urge is the child's, uh mentality right you're not going to get a child's mentality of a hundred year old vampire so that and that would led me to the question well geez what are they attracted to is it the physical or the personality because if it's the personality then like i said they're <laughs> i said better in the, the caveat sense. here is the vampires right but i'm just saying but if 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 one of those people is attracted to the personality over the physique right they're like i like the innocence which might be oh that's interesting i wonder if that's part of it Again, I wonder if they're attracted to the in- and come back to it. Right. But I'm saying that, you know how uh, they say that when you go through trauma, your, your emotional age kind of locks in to where you were during that trauma. So because most of them are, are preyed upon or victimized when they're that age, maybe their attraction is to like the equal innocence of the child because it brings them back to like, Oh, you're innocent. Like I was. You know what I mean? So it's not a physical aspect per se, but more of like an innocence. Okay, sure. But there's much more fun things to be talking about than this. Sure. Guys, masturbating in hotel rooms. Uh, (laughs) Back to that. Remember when you were like, why are you talking about this? To avoid talking about the other things. No, I'm kidding. What do we have? Uh, what do we have left? We can't can't name all of these You said that when we were driving back to Pittsburgh, you were excited when we cross paths again because my truck is slightly faster than your truck yeah i don't like that at all. so i was ahead of you and by slightly faster i can do 65 miles and you can do 63 miles which yeah. doesn't sound like a lot but when you're driving for 10 straight hours it really adds up yeah and then you pulled out into a gas station ahead of me and i surprised you by pulling up next to you yeah, I was. I, I stepped. I, I looked over and I saw you pulling next to me. I was like, "How the fuck is that possible?" I've lost track with you over the course of the day, and I have no idea how you how you got up to it. Well, that's because we drank, you know, like forty liters of water. It's true. Um, because of our long days and dehydration, and trying to replenish myself, and that meant I had to stop the truck a lot on the side of the road <laughs> and do my business. Yeah, fair. I, uh, I struggled that too. Um, luckily a few times I actually got long sprints where I didn't have to piss. I stopped at a Dunkin' Donuts, got what they call munchkins, which is like their version of Timbits. Um, their coffee was not good. Still better than Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons is terrible. Tim Hortons is inexcusably bad. Yeah. They really need to work on the formula. And I am not one, like I'll drink diet. Like again, the Dunkin' Donuts coffee wasn't good, but I drank it. I finished it and I wouldn't not do it again. Um, the, the coffee that we've been drinking at these hotels is little plastic bag coffees that they give us. Not great. 
but I'd drink them again. I'm drinking one right now. Um, I think for the caffeine, not for the taste. Certainly. But even just like as something to wet the whistle, as they say, um, I am uh, uh, really, really disappointed by how shitty the coffee is, Tim Hortons, to the point where I won't drink it. I've done, I've done activations for them and they were good activations and, and Tim Hortons, the company, like I like working for them. They're not a bad company, but the coffee is inexcusably bad. When that's your headliner, it, it, I won't drink it. I've done activations where we're giving away free Tim Hortons and I won't drink it. It's the only coffee that I like outright refuse to drink until I cross paths with another one, but diner coffees, hotel room coffees, free coffees here, there, whatever gas station coffees i'll drink i've never had one where i'm like i'm not drinking better than this. tim hortons better than tim hortons it is the worst coffee so any listener out there that has a influence on tim hortons yeah work on that formula buy some anyone who still drinks any of you that listen to this podcast and you still drink tim hortons the fuck is wrong with you you I'm now sorry. have the option to to do drive through mcdonald's and get coffee you can get coffee at a and w here in the states there's fucking dunkin donuts everywhere it's not great coffee but it's it's everywhere you know what I mean? Like it's not, well, you don't have Tim Hortons. You don't really have to worry about it. And I'm sure the Tim Hortons supplier on the U S side is different. Just like the McDonald's coffee is not as good as it is in Canada here, but it's drinkable. It's gross. You've had the, oh, you don't like McDonald's coffee? No. Why? Because of McCafe in Australia is very different to McCafe in North America. We actually have baristas that make the coffee there. It sounds a little bit bougie and spoiled and shit, but they make good coffee. No, and I so believe it, but you, you're saying you get used to going to McDonald's, a fast food chain, family right. restaurant, sorry, um, and getting a great coffee because it's made by a professional. Sure. But when you drink the McDonald's here, it's not as bad as Tim Hortons. No. Or I say here. No, no, no. Like States. when I'm in the, in North America, the coffee at McDonald's is better than Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons for me is the bottom, yeah. the bottom of the bar. It's like the lowest of the low. It yeah. might as well just be black colored water with some caffeine drops. Yeah. It's, it's bad. And there is a flavor to it and it's bad. I, I, I can't uh, liken it to anything because I just, that flavor is the, the leftover coffee bean flavor from yeah. the Holocaust. Like it's, that's, <laughs> that's where they found those. And we're beans. hitting all the bases today on things we shouldn't be talking that's about. That's where hilarious. we found those beans. It's bad. It's bad. And I like, uh, yeah, I just, I just won't drink it. Um, gas station, go to a gas anywhere else anywhere else or just don't i think I'd, I'd still do an ice cap i'll drink that like a lot of other things tim hortons has i'll get their tea if i'm stuck and i need something hot or i need a beverage and tim hortons is the only thing around i'll get their tea uh i used to get the dark roast and i'd be like oh double double cream and sugar but since i've been trying to do like more keto and and whatever i can't i cannot yeah, like taste. A, a double double if you do the calorie count on that it's like you're yeah, average life. human intake in one cup or something or or half of your intake it's, it's rubbish but speaking yeah. of rubbish food the coffee is rubbish but how was that pasta the other night what pasta oh right so that's right so you've you've memorized the notes um ryan and i uh we both spent our first one of the things that i would like to to congratulate you on is uh July 1st, the day that we were busting our ass, was Ryan's first Canada day. First off, not in Canada. <laughs> yeah. But it was your first Canada day as a Canadian citizen. That's right. It was. So I wanted to wish him uh, a happy Canada day, even though everyone around us didn't, didn't, didn't know his Canada day or whatever. So his first official Canada day as a Canadian uh, was not in the country. Nope. But, uh, you know, wished him a happy Canada day. Uh, my first time 
not being in Canada for Canada Day. And uh, one of the things that we we were here for was the 4th of July. So after we had had taken our trip, packed up all of our stuff, said goodbye to uh, the, you know, the resident inn and, and you know, Foxborough, we, uh, we made our way here to Pittsburgh. We decided that uh, I guess we, we did have a list of shit that we had to do while we were here. Yeah. But, but we wanted to enjoy well, this festivities. Have a meal. Yeah. And it was our first, I think it's the first time we sat down at a restaurant in like, what was that? That was Tuesday. The the 4th of July was Tuesday. So after being in the States for eight days, it was the first time that we actually had time. I'm I'm wrong about that. We did sit and have a, a, a meal in a restaurant, the prior podcast that's not been recorded. Oh, these. That's right. Uh, the, Mexican. the Mexican place, which we'll tell you about when we record that, that portion of the podcast. But, um, we got to sit down after busting our asses all weekend and actually have a, a proper meal. Do you remember the name of the restaurant that we went the to? The Italian restaurant? Yeah. No. We took it. Was that not memorable? We took a bus. <laughs> we, yeah, exactly. You have a receipt somewhere. Uh, we took a bus to this area. Ryan's like, you want to go to Italian? I'm like, that sounds I great. I said, do you want to go on an adventure? And that he tells me we're taking the bu- bus. I asked ride. you, you sent me thinking you go bus. And I was like, are you fucking joking? So we took a bus in Pittsburgh on the 4th of July. We walked across the bridge, took the bus. It really wasn't that bad. It was $3. It was great value. <laughs> we took the fucking <laughs> bus and uh, we walked like a block to the restaurant. The restaurant wasn't wasn't half bad in terms of like the look. We sat down. Um, you ordered what was the name of those balls? Arancini balls. Arancini balls, which is for anyone who was like me and didn't know, it's That's, like a ball of rice with a little bit of cheese in it, rolled in breadcrumbs, deep fried, and then marinara to to dip it on. I don't know if that's the correct way to say it, but that's how an Australian says it. Arancini. An arancini ball. Arancini balls. Yeah. Um, well, the the hostess, while she may have said things differently than Ryan, she said a couple of things incorrectly. Um, she called it gnocchi or whatever instead of gnocchi. instead of gnocchi uh, and i was like okay so right away i like she lost points and she called the uh, coffee because i was asking about different things she was calling the coffee espresso and i'm like that's yeah, not ex- correct espresso yeah which is like when i used to do activations for an espresso you just name all the companies that'll never hire me again after my fucking pedophilia <laughs> <laughs> rant i'm still going to publish this episode and if the, you know what though i can't lose i either keep working i'm loving the tour and i love the product um either keep working and and hate my life or they fire me and send me home and i'm poor but at least you had a semi great meal no no, oh the the italian stuff yeah it's terrible we when we when we worked for nespresso i said this to my um to my employees because they kept saying, like one of the employees kept saying, espresso, espresso. And I said, the Nespresso machine is more of a luxury machine. There are way more expensive espresso machines on the market. But in terms of like a like the the throw in a capsule and and start it, it's it's one of the higher end devices. Convenient. Right. And the original Nespresso machine only made espresso. It didn't make full cups of coffee and stuff. The uh, Nespresso virtual line was created to give full cups of coffee and things like that. And I kept saying to the the rep who would say, espresso, espresso. I said, listen, we're talking about a more premium machine here. If you're pitching it to the espresso drinkers, you know, and you're trying to explain to them why this is better. I go, you will lose them right away when you say espresso, 
Because if you don't even know how to say the product properly, they're not going to believe anything that you say about the quality and this, that, or the other. Like you will, you will lose them right away. Oh, welcome to our fancy uh, Italian restaurant. We got this uh, ganache here. I'm like, all right, I'm out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So uh, she kept, she kept, and it was funny because she preferenced, uh, sorry, prefaced, prefaced, Jesus Christ, prefaced all of her suggestions based on the fact that she's Italian and grew up Italian and all this stuff and then said a bunch of Italian words wrong. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was pretty funny. Um, do you know, this is a little, little fun, little uh, trivia. Did you know why an Americano is called an Americano? No, I don't. Um, in uh, Italy, right? Because they don't do cups of coffee, right? They just do espresso. They, they call... Like they, if you ask for a cup of coffee, like the way that we drink it, they call it, oh, it's an American coffee. Right. right? That's what okay. they ask for. So Americano. So made a drink specifically for the North American population. Right. So the reason, so you know what an Americano is, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a shot for anyone listening. An Americano is a shot of espresso with just water poured in it to, to you know, make it bigger. Yeah. That's why it's called Americanos because over there, the way they would make a coffee for you is to quite literally just add a shitload of water to an espresso to make it bigger. And that's where the, the, the coffee is from. So that's, we brew it differently and everything here, but you can get an Americano. It's just a bunch of water and a shot of espresso. And that's what the original Nespresso machine would do. It would do espressos and it would do uh, an Americano effectively, which is just to give you that same shot of espresso and then pour a bunch of extra water through it to, to make it a bigger cup. And then charge more money for it. Yeah. The more, yeah, the more, you know. Um, so yeah, she, uh, she recommended, uh, what did I have? I had the raviolis, which all cheese, twenty six dollars yep, for about six or seven six cheese or seven. raviolis. Ryan got the. Do you remember what you got? Uh, I got the shrimp linguine. That's all it was. Shrimp, shrimp linguine. Okay, I remember the yep. linguine noodles, but I wasn't sure if it had a name. It was like shrimp linguine, some spinach in it, and then what, like a lemon cream sauce? No, it was like a grated lemon on top of it. That was their big. Kicker, their big sales point is oh fancy. We've got some we grated, grated lemon, rind. lemon rind over the top of it. Uh, honestly, it tasted like soapy water. Really? Yeah, it was horrible. It's it's funny too because we had I had a beer, you fact, had a couple glasses. Of I reckon one. if I could relate to some other food group, not group food type, it tasted like leftover Olive Garden pasta that's been in a dumpster for a week. <laughs> that bad. And that's that's what my meal was like. Interesting. I've never had Olive Garden, so I don't know how bad it is. I've had Eastside Mario's. I'm not saying like Olive fun. Garden's bad, but I'm saying their leftover pasta that's been in a dumpster for a week from the Fair. Olive Garden Fair. is bad. That some homeless guy has added his own cream sauce to? Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> Just make it extra gross. I... um. Yeah. I mean, I didn't find mine that bad. It's just $26 for seven raviolis like three dollars a ravioli and i yeah, can't we, i really can't say that if i got any side mario's or whatever we're both big eaters so yeah. we were making a point to this this uh server mm-hmm. that like how, well, what's the meal portion size is this a good meal is this going to fill us up she can see us yeah she knows what we look like and she's yeah. like oh yeah yeah it's a it's a big meal yeah and it wasn't and it wasn't no no it's a, it was enough to feed a, a medium-sized to small-sized dog I, uh, it, it, I, to me, the, the raviolis didn't taste bad. The sauce didn't taste bad. I, uh, literally the first time I cut it and immediately put a little bit of, uh, marinara on it immediately got speckles of fucking sauce on my white shirt. 
just the rule of being a fat guy. Like I tried to dress nice and it's like, what do you think you are? You're a slob. And then the food jumped on you. Yeah. Yeah. The first like knife and fork interaction was not being rough or aggressive or anything. It was just a couple little splashes. Then I proceeded to do water on it to ask for lemon and yeah, we vinegar like i'm sitting we yeah we're sitting there googling the solution things. to how to get this i put lemon vinegar out. and club soda on myself super wet then i stuck tuck my my napkin in my my neck hole <laughs> so that i could try to cover my stain but it was uh it was messy it was it, it was messy i didn't enjoy it um it, it wasn't horrific but we our bill was 141 dollars American, yeah. which is close to $200 Canadian. And we got some rice balls, some deep fried rice balls and two plates of pasta. Yeah. Now I had two beers. You had two glasses of wine, Yeah. but I, 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 I can't say that we got our money's worth. I, oh. I think that we were both. No, there, there was no value in that. Yeah. The, the wine was good though. Yeah. I, and, and one of the things that I recognize too, is that like when I go out for a nice meal with crystal, um, I can't shit on it. <laughs> like I, t- what I mean by that is that like, she's such a sweetheart that she like wants it to be a nice time. So even if the meal's not great, she's like, I want it to be a nice memory. We had a nice time together. And I, and I thoroughly enjoyed our time together. We had some funny stories from it, whatever. Uh, we saw p- uh, pigeons walking around on the ground, eating everything, which was, you know, you see that at outdoor restaurants. We sat on the patio, but we saw homeless guys coming up and telling stories. We saw a super old fucking car. It was like the first Ford. That's yeah. what it looked like. We we saw like quite honestly one of the one of the oldest vehicles I've ever seen in my life. Uh parallel park into a parking spot right in front of the, the restaurant. A lot of people yeah, some homeless a lot of a lot of homeless. Yeah. With different uh, really eccentricities. There's a very big difference in this city between people with money and people without money. There, there's not really a lot of middle class that I've noticed mm-hmm. here, but maybe we're just in the wrong spot. We look like we're in university town. Right. We also, had, right next to where we were eating, was a guy at a stand collecting money for the SPCA or whatever mm. on, on the 4th of July. His job that day was to stand and beg for money at a podium, Yeah, oddly enough. That was um, a tough job. A lot of people were uh, yeah. you know, just walking away and... Not he, really paying attention to his message. He didn't have a great pitch. He should have been like, do you like puppies or something? He's like, hey, man, how's your 4th of July? Giggity googa. And then, he, then he'd be like, want to donate money to the SPCA? He was, yeah. was a curveball the way he was doing it. So I didn't, I didn't, I was like, man, I hope you do well because I'd love to see more money go towards animals. Um, I think uh, what I mean too, like when I say that Crystal wants to have a good time, it's just, I, I couldn't sit after having a nice, well, having a meal with her and then, and then like run it down. So I was kind of like, oh, I like the fact that I can like give my honest opinion of the meal. And it's not like, it's not bumming you out that I didn't have a great time. It was more of just like, we could both sit there and like openly admit like this was disappointing. Yep. This could have been better. Um, and then it wasn't upsetting that the other person did that. It's almost more validating that like, okay, I'm not, I'm not the stick in the mud here. Like this did suck. (laughs) But then we had a great meal. Oh, next podcast. Next, we did that. Next we did podcast? that last night. Oh, okay. We did that last night. So it's going to be on next week's podcast. That's what the again the the the, the double edged sort of doing this late is that you try not to move past the 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 threshold of what this episode should. I be. I thought we just did it up to here now where we're sitting. No, no, no. It's got to be Wednesday to Wednesday. Okay. So, I think uh, I don't think that we did much. We came back. It was like okay, good night. 
we've been actually not hanging out particularly late. It's more of like a right after dinner. It's like, all right, good night. Have a good one. We, we walked around the area and, uh, I think that there's been a lot of fatigue on this trip and I think the beds suck in, in this, this hotel. hotel. They do. Yeah. The beds are really uncomfortable. And that's showing, I think, with our attitudes and our body aches and our low mood, lack of energy. Been Apologies waking, to everyone listening to this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, Well, I've been waking up in the morning with sciatica, and I haven't had that in a very long time. But the, how shitty the beds are, um, not enjoying my sleep at all. Uh, and then finally, the overall project. I don't want to talk about all the running around we did yesterday, because again, that's a next podcast thing. But uh, we've learned the term scope creep. Yes. Which is effectively, uh, if I'm defining it correctly for anyone who's like, huh, what's that? It's basically when the scope of a project, right? So for people like, you know, who don't really know Ryan and myself are subcontractors, we've been hired to manage this tour. And while we enjoy the product and we enjoy the overall energy and the good time people are having while we're activating the, the logistics part of the tour, which is not really our focus or or, our obligation. Um, we're trying to make things work and ultimately we're the ones whose hands it's in on site when it's not prepared in advance. Um, we're doing a lot more than we were originally expected to do. And the term scope creep is like when the scope of your project, you know, you, you have more and more things you have to do it. Basically it just creeps into way more than, and then it becomes the norm. Then they, right. then they expect it. Yeah. Every week now it's your job to do laundry for uniforms and so if pick you don't, things up. You have to push back early because if you don't push back, then it's the norm. Exactly. And you're stuck with it. Exactly. They kept telling us early on, like, this is not like the hometown hockey tour where we are, you know, signing up for three months or four months of, of touring. This is like a five week thing in the, in the U S. So like the first week, you know, uh, we had some issues, uh, you know, and, and it was like, okay, well, we're going to need to do this and that again, guys, just, just the first week because it's so crazy. It's all hands on deck and it's our first one. And then week number two, they're like, you guys are going to get four days off. And, you know, again, even though two of those days, uh, you know, are for next week's podcast, let's just say that I don't think we've had a day where we haven't had to do anything in terms of, of this job. Um, today's been the quietest, but I still took back a rental car today you know, and, and we've had to, you know, book some hotels and figure out logistics. Um, something we did during this week's podcast was Ryan and I, um, as you know, I, I try to status match. Ryan's also a, 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 you know, status matcher. And we try to, you know, we play with, uh, with our perks of different memberships and loyalty programs. And one of the things that we asked when we started the project was like, you know, Hey, can we book our own hotels? But, um, something that, that came out as a result of that is when we're booking hotels, we have to look and see, Hey, is there a, a parking lot big enough for us to put two giant trucks? Yeah. And scope creep. So the yeah. parking of these trucks is now our responsibility. Exactly. So we got to, I think we made it work. And again, it took extra time, more logistics on our part to do, but, um, the, the big thing is, is now it's like, okay, well we hit a, a, a wall where our last stop, there's no parking, um, anywhere within the city. It's, it's Chicago. And we were like, okay, so where do we put these trucks? And I think after calling, calling truck storage places and calling hotels and, and asking and for even, like uh, car parking facilities. Yeah. Yeah. In the city of Chicago, they were not interested to 
entertain the idea of one week. They wanted a six-month contract or a 12-month contract or or get out of the city. Yeah. Now, this isn't rocket science because, like, Ed Sheeran, guys, if you don't know, he travels with a huge team and a lot of trucks. So they, they're parking their trucks somewhere. Yeah. And I, I really think it's up to our team to discover that secret. Yeah, where are you um, putting your we stuff? We should be parking wherever they're putting their trucks. Um, and that's just... That's again scope creep. They've put that on our shoulders. Right. It's not our problem. Yeah. Really. Like it, And they never even vocalized it. I think it was a I think it was a I mean, they were very um happy to let us book our own hotels instead of saying, like, hey, we'll take care of it. And I think that I, I can't say that they were conscious of it, but it was it could have been someone could have said, Hey, let them do it. Do you they think they would have thought them. about truck parking at hotels if they booked our hotels? Uh, I don't know. I would think no. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. Again, I don't want to. I mean, I don't want to disparage, but at the same time, there's a lot going on that just made me think that there wasn't a lot of thought going into it. And we've also learned that, you know, our our colleagues are working on multiple projects at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I I think that there's room for a conversation to say like, hey, look, we've taken a lot of stuff off your guys' shoulders. Um, it's it's tough, gang. Uh, right now. Uh, when you say yes to a job where you're like, it's one day of driving and two days of work, it's easy to go. Yeah, that's great money. Let's do that. And then when it turns into, you know, these are really long drives in trucks that can't go the speed limit sometimes. Um, it's like, okay, well now it's two days of driving because we can't do a 12 hour drive in trucks that don't go. I've even, I even think that, that these, um, apps, right. Cause you think, okay, you ask Google, I'm going here. How long is it going to take? It says, ah, five hours. It must calculate the speed limit and everything. But we've gone the speed limit and it's still, the time still creeps up. Mm-hmm. So yeah. my thoughts are they, they must almost expect that you're going like a 10% or over can the they speed take limit. The, the average yeah. of people that share their data, which is almost everybody. So. Yeah. So, so we're losing time just because we are actually just going the speed limit. So the, the information, when it tells you, oh, it's going to take you five hours to get there. I don't think they're expecting you to go the speed limit. I think that that's an estimate based on, you know, 10% above the speed limit or whatever. Um, so it's just to say that like when we see, you know, oh, it's going to take, it's going to the, the drive from Foxborough to Chicago. Had we done it in a day was estimated at 15 hours. And it took us like six hours to get to Cleveland. And then it took us, well, it said 11 and a half hours. And we were probably about 14 hours on the road that day, maybe 13 hours. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you put the two together. Yeah. And we knew we wouldn't have been able to do that. And that was, that was only because of a logistical error. Um, something as simple as, you know, we were not allowed to pick up trucks and drive them drop them off at a different city's location, even same company. So because of the fact that this company would not allow us to pick up a truck at one location and drop it off at another, we had to fly in early and drive trucks across the country. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a small example of scope creep. And then other things from there, us having to buy pallet jacks while we're driving across the country to figure that out for them, to make sure that we buy those, like that's a task that was not on there. So, um, I, I like the guys that we're working for. Um, they show up, they put their hands on stuff. They don't just show up and stand back and watch. So I do respect that. The fact that they come in and they get their hands dirty as well. It's just, um, it's just tough when you're like, okay, you know, I said yes to one thing and I don't mind doing a little extra, but when they tell you, you're going to get four days off a week and those four days are spent trying to find a hotel where we can put a truck and going to 
Home Depot, Costco, Walmart, paint places, things like that. You know, when every day you're getting an email saying, oh yeah, and just grab these. Oh, and, and make sure you drop off hot sauces at a, a remote location for a party that they're for having. For another marketing company slash specialty pizza yeah. company who told us that they're like, yeah, we're going to do this so Ed Sheeran himself can hand out slices of pizza with his hot, hot sauce, sauce on it. I was like, oh, um, that would have been a nice event to be so at. So we're working for him. Well, we're technically working for Kraft, but yeah. they make his product, and the promise was that we would have met Ed Sheeran by now, and we have not. Oh, really? Is that They said that by now? We were we meant would... to meet him at Toronto. Yeah. But then the crowd, the super fans, they are uh, sorry, super fans out there, but you ruined it because there were too many. And his management team said, this is a security nightmare. We can't manage this. So he didn't yeah. come out. So yeah. as much as you want to see somebody that you really enjoy, um, <laughs> so you can fuck it up for yourself. That's true. And I don't even know what you could tell them. It's like, you shouldn't have come. It's like, well, if I didn't come, I wouldn't have seen them. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's like, but I came and they won't. It's, it's tough. So like I said, I mean, this project is big. Um, I'm not looking to to blame anything, but I can say confidently that not everything's in place for us to be successful. I am currently scratching my nose because I've got leather on it. Because that last activation, you and I showed up, we didn't have sunscreen and we were baking in the sun. So all week I've been pissing Ryan off by scratching my nose. Which you're trying doing to take right this, now. Yeah, I just said I okay, was I want to hit you with the microphone. Scratching it right now. Can you guys hear? It's me scratching stop. my nose on the outside. Um, I'm hoping that it's better by tomorrow because again, this is to, meant to be for you know the episode that would have come out Wednesday, but it's Friday and, and Ryan and I are going to have a long day tomorrow building shit and, and doing a bunch of horrific stuff. Yeah. You should wrap this up and get the fuck out of my room. Cause <laughs> I, uh, I want to go to bed. Fair. Yeah. It's, it's getting, Oh, I want to eat. It's going to take me like half an hour to fucking produce and put out too. Well, I hope this one doesn't get me in trouble. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to the weekend. Let's see how this one plays out. We're building half the size that we built last time. Um, but in case any of the overlords are listening and made it this far, haven't stopped it and been like, get them out of here. I might have to put a fucking disclaimer on the front of them. Um, whatever. I mean, I think the people who listen know you work it out here. Yeah. Whatever. If they fire me and send me home, I get to go home. Hey, you chat GPT, get it to, to write a disclaimer. Do you really podcast? love that AI so much. Um, yeah, I, I think that, uh, the first one's down. The second one is about to start very soon. Um, guys, Ryan is here with me. We're going to, we're going to, I'm going to bother him. Uh, he and I have done quite a few things as of late, but the episodes have not been recorded. So we've got a, a trip to Atlantic city to tell you about this little spoiler. Again, if anyone's listening to this five years from now and they hear it in order, they're like, yeah, we've already heard this story, but Ryan and I did uh, the st- same status match tour that I did. And Crystal did. we did that in Atlantic city. And we'll talk about that. We'll talk about our Toronto activation and the things that happen. We're going to talk about, uh, the first couple of days in uh, in the U.S. where we got to try some new stuff, and then uh, hopefully before we split paths, because there is going to be a week uh, in a few weeks from now where I go to one state and Ryan goes to another. Um, I'll chat with him in Chicago when he gets back, and we'll we'll hear his stories from his his experiences, and I'll share mine with you guys too. But uh, in the meantime, I listen. I, I appreciate you guys listening. I'm sorry it got. Uh, it's been so long since an episode. Uh, I've got a lot of, of of ones in the can that we'll have to record based on the move, which you were also there for. You got to come and see the new place. Um, 
there's a lot of a lot of stuff that's gone on. Um, something that's happened in the last week I've even told you about is despite the fact that Crystal and I have moved into a new place and we we like our new home, there's a nightmare with the property management people that I haven't even begun to tell you guys about because there's just too many pieces that are that are not there. Um, but we'll get to them. In the meantime, coming up this week, we've got the uh, the former Heinz Stadium, now called the Acrisure Stadium. If you are in the Pittsburgh area, please come out, try the Tingly Ted sauce. It is a great hot sauce um, made by, mixed by Ed Sheeran um, and, and made by Kraft Heinz. So uh, I think you guys should definitely give it a try. I like it. Do you like it, Ryan? Yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's a good sauce. It's actually got flavor. It's not super hot because I'm, I'm not into super hot foods. Um, yeah, it, it's nice. We've had a few bottles in the house back home before I left and then the kids, Crystal's, Black pepper's too spicy for Crystal. There's no adverse effects the next day. I, I had warm poopies. N- nice. I had some nice little little fiery poopies. Didn't make me not want to eat it. Maybe you're just weak. I am, I'm very weak. I'm very weak. You now see the, the peeling on my nose? My system can't handle the sun. Stop scratching. The, uh, yeah, so it's good sauce, guys. Come try it. Um, it's fantastic. We're going to get the episodes out. That's where we're going to be this weekend is at the Signs Sunium. There's nothing to plug because I have no shows. Um, if you want to send an email to the podcast, contact at onemanpodcast.com. Feel free to tell me that I definitely shouldn't have posted this episode or tell me your thoughts on uh, you know vampires, movie vampires, theaters. just vampires. Yeah, all sorts of other different things that we've talked about. Um, you know, how do you like to masturbate in a hotel room? All those things that are just goofy, stupid, uh, thoughts. That's why you tune in this podcast to hear my dumb brain and what it thinks. Uh, thank you, Ryan, for doing this with me. Uh, and I look forward to chatting with you guys again soon. strange lady she made me nervous she took me in and gave me breakfast and she said do you come from a land down under a women go and men wonder can't you hear can't you hear the thunder you better run you better take cover Muscle